Heads, and welcome to the League, exploring League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. And today we're talking about the Spear of Vengeance Callista, who was released November 20th, 2014. Ooh, I know. Lady. Yeah, I guess she is. She, she feels really new. <laughs> like so many. I don't know. I know. I, she didn't feel new, but... 2014 that's also yeah wasn't that like just two years ago <laughs> she's someone right. that hasn't had a lot of lore reworks Mm-mm. and also hasn't had a lot of gameplay reworks she's just kind of she got released and she's been her ever since yeah and there's sometimes she falls into the meta sometimes she doesn't but riot doesn't really seem to give a shit about her yeah she's just when she's good she's good when she's bad she's bad <laughs> whatever yeah yeah i think it's just because she her play pattern feels so unique um, compared to some others, or at least some of the mechanics of her, uh, yeah. is that what makes her feel fresh to me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm ass but. at <laughs> auto attacking and jumping with her. Yeah, it's too much. I can't handle just regular right clicking. Never mind double right clicking. <laughs> <laughs> I like her, but I'm not any good at her. That's because you don't play her enough. Yep. All Callista, all month, Mark. All right, let's do Maybe. it. I'm down. Uh, she, she's pretty any, cool. She's cool. She's cool. You got any? Uh, you got any fun quotes for our uh, our lady Calista? Oh, I legit did not Don't listen. Don't worry, to her I wrote them down for you. Just guess what her voice sounds like. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I like know it's like spectral, and so like I'm not gonna be able to do it because there's some kind of filter on it, right? Right. Do we want to do it in the background? What, I'm we'll curious go. to see your impression of oh, okay. what you think spectral is too. Okay. Mm, so yeah. you guys make spooky sounds. Okay. And I'll do it. Go ahead. Spooky well, sounds. Well, I was waiting for you. Sorry. It's going to be such a okay, short quote. Okay, you have okay. to do spooky sounds first. <laughs> we go where we are needed. <laughs> <laughs> I was first going to do like a really posh, like Caitlin uh, British uh, accent. You she know? does kind of have. Really? A little bit of... We go where we all bit. needed. <laughs> a little bit, I guess. I don't... Not, certainly not Caitlin level. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Got, like, uh, we go where we all needed. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Matilda. <laughs> but Callista. Great. I ruined I love your it. quote, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's gone. It's oh, happened. Shit. I've been betrayed. Ah. What's <laughs> <laughs> oft are the targets of our spears today? Oh, shit. You added the echo. You didn't even need spooky sounds. You did them yourself. You know. I'm so proud of you. Fucking overachiever over here. I know, right? Like the Heimerding impression wasn't Excuse enough. Excuse me, Professor. Uh, <laughs> you assigned us homework yeah. if you uh, did. I think you forgot. Somebody Were we extra supposed credit. to have a quiz today? <laughs> God, you wore that fucking kid in school, weren't you? All right, so on the universe page, Callista has her bio, uh, her release video called The Pledge, and four short stories. Yeah. Four. Yeah. This is like the the one time where the stories are actually on universe. Yeah. And they're like, she's not just like fuzzily in the background of them and it's about somebody else. Like, they're her stories, I think. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, I, I guess with the couple of them, it's mostly about the people that she's kind of either... Menacing or uh, uh, making pledges with. Yeah. I did I, have a note about that too. Mm, yeah. I was thinking from her point of view, it would be a little boring because yeah. it sounds like she's just like, vengeance must get. I have a job, revenge. And like, that's it. Also, like, it, from it's tough to do an internal monologue with Callista because it's implied that her internal monologue is actually just all of the souls of the people mm. that she's taken and she's just in there somewhere mm. so it, yeah. it is a bit difficult and I, th- I think the the way that they've chosen to do her stories works because she's such a good essentially kind of like a horror movie character <laughs> if you're on her wrong side mm. it's that I think doing the stories that way like it, it really works for who she is yeah yeah I completely agree um, I was kind of torn a little bit when going through all this because I think they're all pretty good and it made me want, like, ooh, I would like to see trying to tackle Callista as a, you know, a perspective character and, you know, kind of seeing something, some more kind of happen with her. But on the other hand, it's like, it's kind of nice to just have her as this sort of inhuman, like you said, kind of multi-minded concept of, like, a vengeance spirit. 
and that's a hard character to like you said have any sort of internal monologue or really follow them as the main character of a story you know yeah i think it could work like if it's from the point of view of the Callista that is still inside of there like she's kind of lost and trapped and occasionally peeking out for her you know boy toy yeah like a struggling type <laughs> like you get a lot of it from her perspective and then occasionally another thing will like burst out and you'll get like mm. a line from some random spirit in her head and then mm. back to her that might be cool yeah. yeah it's a bit tough though i can see why they didn't try <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's a that's a high risk play <laughs> mm, yeah for sure all right um i have notes on her bio and uh the first short story invocation yeah and her bio is by anthony reynolds lenny oh, okay thank you yeah. that's not credited on the universe page <laughs> as always that's right even the even the ones that are credited to anthony reynolds don't take his new last name into account so. <laughs> oh super rude okay so Callista was just a normal girl in sharima <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that written down. I just felt like I should say it. I just, I was so upset John the last time with Kaisa. <laughs> Calissa really was a general in Viego's army, although in her bio it just says, an empire none now recall. I recall so much about, way more than I, <laughs> than I want to. to yeah, I, w- yeah, I wish <laughs> I didn't have those memories. <laughs> I will say, though, forgot the name of it. Camavore, wasn't it? Camavore, it was, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn, I knew it began with a C, but I couldn't. Anyway. Uh, in this bio, it blames Callista for the queen, uh, Isolde's, uh, getting poisoned. Yeah, that's new. That's a new bit of info that wasn't in any of the ruination shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe not blames. It's like she diverts the blade, but it yes. kind of accidentally gets, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Callista, not quite good enough at her job. <laughs> no, she's great at it. I mean, Viego is still alive, right? That that's was true. her that job. That was her job. Mm-hmm. My phone, by the way, auto-corrected Viego to Virgo more than once. <laughs> I didn't catch it. <laughs> anyway, Virgo, Viego had many people out to get him, and I get that because Viego is the worst. Um, but like we said, when Callista saved him one time, she deflected the blade and hit uh, Isolde instead. So Callista was sent to find a cure and eventually discovered the Blessed Isles or Helia. Helia? Did we decide on I that I think one? Helia sounds good. Yeah, Helia yeah. sounds... The opposite. Not, not quite as blessed as you would hope. <laughs> like it was Helia, and then they just added another L when it became the Shadow Isles, and then it was Helia. <laughs> right. That should, should be the name. Like... Why did they go Shadow? God, it was right in front of them the whole time. <laughs> God, that's like Institute of War tier stuff. It was like... Oh, I mean, in their defense, I don't think hell exists in this world. <laughs> At least not like the Christian hell. <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, the masters who were at the Blessed Isles agree to heal the Poison Queen, but by the time Callista returns home, the Queen was already dead. Viego demanded that they take Isolde there anyway, and it's Hecram who gets Callista to agree. Again, I think we really want this conversation. We talked about it with Hecram. That, like, why? Why why did she listen to him? We don't really know. <laughs> she was in jail at the time. I bet she didn't have many uh, many options. No, but, but Callista's, like, so loyal. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I think it would be more than just, I want to get out of jail. It, she doesn't seem yeah. like the type. Yeah, the, um, I mean, even in the bio, they kind of frame it as, like, Hecarim is, is sort of lying and saying, oh, this will help him get... Vieco, that is get closure. Even oh yeah, if it's that just, is right. Okay. okay, yeah, but I, I completely sense. agree because it was all whole, bullshit. But <laughs> yeah, like the whole conceit of her character is that she's been betrayed. So really understanding the relationship of who she was betrayed by is like really important, and it's a shame yeah. that Hecarim only shows up there really in that way. Yes, they do kind of mention. Well, we'll get to it a little bit later. But anyway, mm. when they get to Helia, <laughs> the masters refuse to help Isold, so. Viego orders Callista to kill them. She refuses and does think Hecarim would be on her side. So it seems like he's been loyal to her in the past. But again, I would like to see that relationship. Uh, anyway, Hecarim stabs her in the back instead. Apparently then like a bunch of other people stab the shit out of her as she's falling. Right. Uh, that was not made clear in Hecarim's story no. how many additional times she got fucking stabbed. Yes. Somehow though, she is still alive to watch all the people she that were loyal to her also get murdered. And as she's dying, she swears vengeance. She wakes up in the Blessed Isles, but they're now cursed. They're now the Shadow Isles or Helia. Helia. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It kind of mentions that Callista eventually forgets Hecarim and he was the one who betrayed her. So now she just knows that she's full of vengeful feels. And it doesn't really talk about what she does in her bio. 
we get it from the stories. You know, people can summon her if they want vengeance and she comes and she takes her soul and they get vengeance together. But that's not in her bio. <laughs> is that yeah, like her whole it's, thing? <laughs> it's a lot about yeah. the setup. Yeah. Right. Um, which I'm, I guess I'm okay with as long as they have like a meeting because they have immediate short stories to kind of go into more detail. So I'm okay with it not necessarily being in the bio. I do still have some quite logistical questions. Oh, go I guess. on. I feel like it's made it's made very clear that even the really strong mist creatures can only go where the mist is. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious how Callista gets to places where there is no mist. I know that one of her stories is during the ruination, so there is mist there, but not like the I think the first story they they have like there's no ruination. She just someone wishes for vengeance and she just fucking pops up and brings the mist with her. I'm I'm curious, mm. like, how she is the only kind of mist wraith that seems to be able to buck the need for the the mist travel places. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I think the it's a big question of like, how does the deal situation work? Is the deal making incidental? Why it's it's also a very integral part of her character that, like you said, the logistics. There's not really much explained for it, and. It, she's in a weird state compared to a lot of the other specters, and I guess some of that we can attribute to being just the, you know, the circumstances of her being killed and consumed by this emotion. And I could get that of being like, oh, it's this lingering will that sort of like, you know, keeps her sort of separate. But um, it would be nice to get some more about it. I'm not mad at it terribly because yeah. I think the yeah. concepts are like, so cool. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to midichlorian it or anything. Like, I don't <laughs> think they need to give us the details. It's just weird because they give us so many details mm-hmm. <laughs> about how it works for everyone else. It was just weird that they had kind of the uh, the outlier and then didn't didn't touch it. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it could even just be as simple as like she's not linked to the mist because she's not really. She died there. before the ruination well, happened, oh, yeah. technically. That too, for sure. But I was also just thinking, like, mentally, I feel like she's not getting swarmed into the mist. Like, the mist wouldn't have the same effect on her as it does on other people. Like, she's already so lost that she's not going to feel more lost. If that makes sense? I don't know. Right. And yeah. I think something about Callista, too, is... So, Callista right now is the Spear of Vengeance, um, yeah. which is kind of a, an important distinction from... Callista herself. So Callista is still Callista, but the Spear of Vengeance is more like a hive mind of all the betrayed souls that she has now helped, which is why she always refers to herself as we. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of buried deep beneath them all, uh, and every new soul that she consumes also buries her even deeper. So, yeah, at some point. Yeah, that's certainly and true. Who knows how much of Callista will be left? There's a lot of vengeance in Runeterra. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm assholes up in here. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm amazed that she's not like inundated with like a waiting list. Like, uh, you give me six weeks till we get your vengeance going. <laughs> I've got all the Eastern Seaboard to deal with, man. <laughs> you know, she should uh, delegate, sublet, or subcontract rather. Yeah, yeah. I, my guess is only a small part of Runeterra knows she exists. Otherwise, she'd never be able to get any sleep. You know, right? no, no days <laughs> off for the Spear of Vengeance. <laughs> It's like you're selling a good product. You just need to market better. <laughs> Mondays, am I right? <laughs> I like overweight Callista. I like the idea. Can that be a skin riot? <laughs> yeah. she's, she's trying to fight for a union. <laughs> all, the, all the little vengeful spirits are like, we can't do this anymore. Oh, so one thing that Kami Weiss probably was that she's Viego's niece. Oh, um, yeah. What, did they mention that in the bio, or is that one in a random story? It's in the bio. I think they I think. mentioned it in the it bio. It was in the bio. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird with how young Diego is. I mean, they're weird ghosts, and it can happen that way for sure, but I don't Yeah. Know. I mean, John has, like, nephews that are three years younger than him, so... Yeah. <laughs> that's true. So for, for reference, because I did actually look this up, because I was curious about exactly that same thing, uh, Callista's dad was the king of Camivore. Um, he died in a hunting accident, which is why, or, or a war or something. He died. And that, that's <laughs> why, very different that's why Viego <laughs> took over. That's why he's so young. That's why he's the same age as her. Okay. Um, but her well, dad did, was actually the old king. Why did Viego take over? Because he's a dude, honey. Kings. Okay. 
I mean, who yeah. knows? I don't the, know. How the it... king only had a daughter. You oh, can't okay. have a woman in charge of a <laughs> Could you kingdom. Imagine someone write this AU where Callista is made queen after her father dies, Ooh. and how much better Camelot or whatever it's called would be. Camelot, <laughs> got it. <laughs> and then Ledros would be, you know, her, oh. her like, and he would never die, so you'd never need to worry about, you know, any sort of vengeance there because he's fucking Ledros, goddamn mm. beast. Interesting. Has he I been wonder... dead the whole time? I thought he was like a on the army with her or whatever. Yeah, he was. He was the shield of the king and she oh. was the spear of the then king. Then why would he never die? Well, just because he's, he's a fucking tank. He's very oh. good, I guess. He, okay. Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> the only reason he died is because he, you know, backed up Callista. <laughs> Don't back mm-hmm. up your lady, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that is the takeaway from all this. But, um... If you take just one thing from <laughs> Callista's story, <laughs> abandon your lady. I would say stop having kingdoms. <laughs> hmm. Let a lady take over. Uh, so real quick, so her old lore, I wrote all of it because it is very short. Ooh. It is probably less mm. than a Heimerdinger. Oh, I didn't shit. actually count it out, but... Well, then calm down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a specter of wrath and retribution, Callista is the undying spirit of vengeance, an armored nightmare summoned from the Shadow Isles to hunt deceivers and traitors. The betrayed may cry out in blood may cry out in blood to be avenged, but Callista only answers those whose cause she deems worthy of her skills. Woe betide those who become the focus of Callista's wrath, for any pact sealed with this grim hunter can only end in the cold fire of her soul spears. So it's still similar. It's just like, um, I feel like she's a little choosier. Yeah. <laughs> she's less discriminate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Also... Soul Spears. That's a fun name that I don't think. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> You're so cute. Yeah, it's it's interesting, I guess, because it's that was one of the questions I had speaking again about logistics, and that you know, I guess to your broader point, like what happens when you've just got millions of people who are just like, I want pensions on this guy, and they kind of they go a little wide with the concept of betrayal in a few of these stories. I would argue, <laughs> so I feel like. Having maybe giving her more of a reason to be a little more choosy might even help with some of that. Mm, I guess I would say, like, uh, I think a lot of people would want vengeance, but it is perfectly known that you are going to die and give up mm-hmm. your soul for it. So, that's like, true, that's true. It's not a very minor betrayal that you would summon Callista. <laughs> I feel like you'd have had to have lost everything. <laughs> you already. cheated in a game of Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm getting the doll and I'm summoning this bitch right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point, honestly. And I guess in a world where shit like the Shadow Isles and ruinations and crap happen, you might be able to take that a little more seriously in terms yeah. of, I really don't want my soul to have that happen to it. So. <laughs> Party with Callista's fucking souls all inside her her entourage (laughs) all right so the first short the first short story invocation yes graham mcneil graham mcneil thank you this Mm. is also not credited on the universe page i think the other stories are but not this one uh this one's pretty short it's told from the point of view of a woman who's only ever referred to as the sword wife uh, she's ready to get revenge for her dead husband and children. Someone who was supposed to protect them, he's just referred to as the Oathbreaker, had betrayed them all and a bunch of families died. <clears throat> so she knows she can't get revenge on her own because he's too guarded, so she summons Callista. This involves like a stick man doll that she must have made. It's like made of sticks and twine. And three nails. She has to nail the doll to the wall and say the name of the man she wants to kill each time. And Callista shows up afterwards and offers the sword wife a spear, the one that she pulled out of her chest that Hecarim put in there. <laughs> so the sword wife kills herself with it and turns into a spectral creature like Callista, and it ends with the two of them walking off together, fully armed, ready to ready to give vengeance. And I think this is when I realized that they get to do it. <laughs> like, I thought that they had to offer themselves and they would die and their souls would, you know, go to Callista somehow, but Callista would be the one to kill and get vengeance but no she's like oh you can do it <laughs> come with me come with me we'll do it together yeah she seems a little flexible on the, on just procedure she plays at least a goosey sometimes <laughs> yeah. you need to do the ritual sometimes don't worry about it sometimes yeah. i need to stab you or you need to stab yourself sometimes don't worry about it but that's fine i'm fine with her being a little loose about it whatever yeah. if you're the yeah. spear of vengeance you get to make your own rules well, that's true I could, I could also imagine that there would be 
through time, oh gosh, different rumors of different ways to summon her, and maybe they just all work. <laughs> Mm, They're true. all bullshit, and she's just like, whatever. She's like, all you have to do is like ask for me, dog. Like, <laughs> stop carving your request in the name of a, like in a donkey or whatever the fuck you would do. Right. <laughs> just say yeah, what you no. want. Venmo me your soul, and we'll be right. fine. <laughs> ben, yeah, Venmo me. Venmo, Venmo. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> I like this modern day Calista. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Sure, I like I like that idea of well, because I think the ritual is a, a cool detail to have. Yeah, I like the fact that it leverages the like whole being impelled by spears imagery, and at no point in the story does it ever call out like, "Oh, the nails were reminiscent of the spears that now pierce." It's like, no, it's like if you know, you can just kind of pick up on it naturally. Um, mm-hmm. It treats us like you're a little smart, and then yeah, the idea of playing with different rituals that people would do in different times or places would also be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I I liked. The imagery in this one was very good too. This yeah. one had very like horror movie type imagery where each nail you hammered it in, she was like slightly closer mm-hmm. to you um, <laughs> until she was like right up in your shit. Uh, <laughs> but there was also like the good, it wasn't kind of like the the demon type thing where she was summoned and she's like, all right, well, you summoned me, your soul's mine now. She was like, you know, she ha- she like held out the spear and was like, all right. You can do this or you can't. I'm fine either way, <laughs> but run. like I'm here yeah. now. It's whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I liked it. I, I think if we could have gotten a short cinematic of this, Ooh. I think this would have been a very very cool. I agree. Champion reveal. It's much better yeah. than her actual champion reveal, which is fine. But it, oh, this would have been so much cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked Again. her champion reveal too, but I think I would have liked this better. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I mean, I think I said before, but Riot tends to find a lot of success outside of action in quiet places um, where sad things are happening. And this would be, yeah, like you said, it would be a lot more intense. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying, John. Mm -hmm. I think that those three kind of hits of the the hammer on the nail and like her kind of, oh, she's off in the distance. And then, like you said, she got right in front of you. It's very effective. Very effective. Yeah, it would have been a very like uh, fiddlestick style. I was gonna thing. say it, cool. mm. it could be reminiscent of the fiddlestick cinematic, which works so well because it's also a non-action piece, really. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. say it's an atmosphere piece. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me the atmosphere. <laughs> oh man, shit. Yeah. Now she's also part of Inside of Land by Ian Saint Martin. Mm. I think this one was a recent. Yeah. Oh, it is recent. Yeah, because I, I think this was put out. I think I remember talking about this when we were doing the Rise of the Sentinels episodes. Like they put this out <laughs> like pretty recently before the event because it's kind of taking place as the the Rise of the Sentinels ruination, whatever is is spreading out. It's like a worse harrowing than anything else. <laughs> a worse harrowing. Oh, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Who's got notes sure. for this one? I do. It's okay. it's it's long in its writing, but the the events are pretty short. Yeah. Um, but it it follows a Bilgewater captain named uh, Tudra, Tudre, Tudre. I don't know. Turd. Tudorare. Turd. <laughs> turd Ferguson. <laughs> but, I read um, it as Turd from back here. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but he's floating along on, in like some wreckage of his ship. And we kind of see flashbacks to what had happened, where he had, you know, decided to sail out during a harrowing, uh, kind of against the advice of his his first mate, because everyone else left their shit out because it's the harrowing. You just run, and he's like, ah, it's all there for the taking. Um, and then we see later on that when they did get caught up in the harrowing, he like, you know, he lets one of this like a young sailor boy just get like snatched up by the the mist instead of helping him, and he he stabs one of his crew mem- members to to get a spot on a lifeboat. And, uh, and the whole time while he's kind of having these flashbacks, he's also kind of rationalizing, sometimes out loud, and like defending against this sort of growing sense of guilt and dread. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, he's confronted by Callista, and the spirits of his dead crew kind of like rise up around him. And she, she just like pushes like the spirit, not like into his neck, which just kind of like, pushes him underwater and drowns him. Um, that's, I that's like mostly that. It. it was like, I feel like we haven't gotten to see her kill people outside of spearing them to death so it is fun just like it's so fun i don't need to i'll just hold you down here a minute and we're good (laughs) yeah it's more intimidating frankly rather than this like 
I think what I like about that too is in addition to it feeling a little more, uh, you know, a spear through, it feels like a very quick thing. And that one feels a little more like uh, mean, I guess I would say. But yeah. I like it because it comes like right the moment after he is trying to plead with her and like, oh, you don't know what it's like to lead people. Um, and that's like one of the moments where her sort of spear of vengeance thing breaks and it's like she connects with it but in a really pissed off way and then just you know, grinds him down into the water yeah. that was like a Callista decision not a yeah. vengeful spear decision yeah. Yeah. yeah I liked how it was like his crew came for him that was so much more terrifying of a visual because obviously Callista coming for you was very scary but to also have your in- entire crew that you just killed like oof. yeah it's a lot yeah. of people it's a lot of pissed off people <laughs> yeah there was some real good imagery in this story too yeah. i know like very early on he's actually he's showing his first mate a a map of the area and he's kind of circled like oh we're gonna hit these areas and it says uh tudor straightened finding some of the red ink had come off on the map to stain his finger a very like early blood on the finger type image or you know, blood on the hands, blood on the hands yeah. type yeah. imagery uh, before any of his crew had actually died. It was pretty. Uh, it, was, it was good. Yeah, I think the writing in, throughout this is, is pretty is just well done. It's pretty effective. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, the events were really short, but a lot of the fun is in reading it because I think it communicates the horror element very well. the The black mist itself again comes off very reminds me sort of of like the Hecarim story where when it's in action in the in the stories, it's very intimidating and, and, and a very frightening description of what's happening. Um, and again, we see like those people who don't, can't fight it off. And he talks about them being these hardened sort of mercenaries and pirates who are just like begging for mercy and getting none of it. Um, so again, it's it's just all a real shame when you look at Rise of the Sentinels. Like, oh, this is so cool and serious and it's kind of scary a little. And then it's like, eh. so much. And then there's fart jokes. Yeah, I still can't get over that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to harp on it too hard. I think it's just it's hard because Callista's so integral to so much of what happens in that and it's even weirder after going through all this that she doesn't show up in that also yeah, exactly mm-hmm. so. it would have been really cool to get a little bit of uh progression on Callista's story in the uh rise of the sentinels event yeah, yeah. i would yeah, have honestly been like i feel like a lot of the the missed beats in rise of the sentinels i was excited and hopeful would maybe get some do in the ruined king mm-hmm. and a, a few of them did but <clears throat> Callista was o- outside of a few lore uh bits that you could collect that referenced her uh did not get a whole lot there which was kind of a bummer oh, yeah sucks. yeah it's kind of a shame i think she's just really cool you know it's interesting coming off of kaisa where we had a lot of you know issues with the disconnect between her her like visual design and the story they were telling i think Callista is a really good like it all feels very uh harmonious you know, I yeah. think her design is really strong and tells a lot of, you know, the 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 being pierced by the spectral, the spirit, soul spears. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, is a nice visual to really clearly tell the story in a single beat, right? Yeah. Now, the other linked thing on her universe page is Roots of Ruin, which we had talked a bit about with uh, some of the other champions. But this is basically just like a family tree of the ruination. Yeah. You just if you ever see where everybody fits into it, if you're ever confused about who mm-hmm. goes where, this is <laughs> helpful. Yeah. Again, weird that she's on here and, and then doesn't really get much to happen. It's like, why even include her? Just pretend she's not there. You know, you know what would have been fun is like the nuance of... So what do they call these people that she is? Wraiths? Wraiths? Okay. Oh, okay the, yeah. Of sort of like her being a wraith that isn't pure evil, I guess? If that yeah. makes sense? I think most of them aren't, actually. I guess it's, it's fair. The ones that we are. see are so evil. And the ones that, like, the Sentinels fought seemed to be pretty evil. So I feel like yeah. Calissa would have been an interesting kind of uh, wrench thrown in there. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, no, I completely agree. She's much more neutral, right? Like, yeah. she, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of interesting situations you could get into with Callista. Not so specific to Rise of the Sentinels, but, you mm-hmm. know, putting her in places where she's being called on by betrayers who were maybe doing something good, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, imagine you're betraying, you know, she, she, I guess you could argue, betrayed the order to be, right? Like, from someone's perspective, they might see that as a betrayal, right? And I'd be interested to see that. Or to see her with, like, I know she's got a line towards Graves and Twisted Fate. It would be interesting to see her interacting with people who have maybe been betrayed and have 
like chosen to forgive the betrayer and see her perspective mm. on that things like that you know yeah That's true. i mean i guess that grace twisted fate one is a pretty good example of <laughs> someone who's betrayed who has forgiven the betrayer yeah but yeah. yeah she doesn't she doesn't necessarily she's not interested in the forgiveness she's more trying to pull graves back into the well, you know, you could kill him. <laughs> <laughs> if you really wanted to. We're short this month. Given you great. <laughs> I need more spears, dog. <laughs> cool. Do we want to do the Echoes Left Behind? Yeah, sure. so this is one that we covered a bit with Hecarim, although Hecarim is, you know, just kind of... We mentioned before, this is, this is first a Ledro story, mm-hmm. and then also touches upon Thresh, Hecarim, and Callista. Um, and in case you are unaware, Ledros is... Uh, we mentioned he was kind of the shield of Viego, so he was another one of the kind of generals. He worked a lot with Callista, and he had many feelings for <laughs> Callista. Uh, it's kind of implied... I feel like the stories kind of imply that they had a, a relationship. The lore blurbs we get in The Ruined King kind of imply that... Um, Ledra, the the locket that's talked about in the story, Ledros kind of gave it to Callista, and Callista gave it back and was like, "Sorry, I I can't be what you need." So, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it seemed kind of not necessarily unrequited, but um, at least she was like, you know, career first. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ledros is in love with her. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I agree. It, it, it's in some spots it seems to be kind of one thing, and then in others, um, kind of another thing. Um, but I think it, it, regardless, I think it, it still works. I guess I would say, like, I'm not too mad at the inconsistencies. Right. Um, uh, I can run through a summary uh, real quick. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. So it, it does open on Ledros, and he's kind of remembering his last moments. Um, he was one of the, you know, because he was, you know, so much, uh, you know, balls to the wall for Callista. He was killed alongside <laughs> her during the. Uh, the betrayal right and the ruination and so he's kind of waking up and going through that um that process of remembering his last moments before becoming him his form self again and um he's got this locket like john said that kind of ties him to callista thresh i think does thresh up at the start is that right yeah, yeah start mm-hmm. and end yeah and they kind of have a little have a little interaction and this is kind of to what you were saying rebecca this is where we see that ledros is not really like thresh or most of the other specters he's not like the other boys um and that he's not really evil he is you know he's just more hates being trapped in this undeath sort of state and just really wants to help free callista from it um but against censor she's on the hunt he helps her kind of hunt down some spirits of the iron order and when they interact this is where we kind of learn i think maybe the most that he had loved her and he's trying to help free her and um like then this has happened multiple times he's gone to her and shown her this locket which he does and it gives her kind of like a quick lucid moment where she's back to being Callista. Um, and it seems like almost a 51st dates thing where she kind of goes through <laughs> all the emotions of realizing what's happened to her and things like that. And then it, it's gone. It, it, it only lasts for a second. Like it always does. And Ledros just kind of laments like how he's tried to do this countless times. And he doesn't know how to solve it. He's tried, he's tried killing Hecarim. He's tried having Callista kill Hecarim. He's tried to, you know, get himself killed in multiple ways. And that's where we get, like, a bunch of cameos, too, where, like, we he Rise killed him at one point. Yaoi killed him at one point. Leona, um, I think, were the big three that I spotted out. Yeah, I think those yeah. were the three I had, too. <laughs> yeah, and he just he, he keeps coming back, right? Um, so he decides to try telling Callista that, you know, he betrayed her through his inaction, I guess you would say, like, failing to stop the betrayal that got her killed and she kills him and when she does she again has kind of a moment of lucidity and and realizing you know what's happened unfortunately he still comes back and gets kind of fed up with the whole thing and throws the locket and determines to go find a way to end the curse once and for all and then thresh kind of shows up at the end and takes the locket and mustache trolls like oh he was so (laughs) close to getting her back he doesn't realize (laughs) yeah i felt like the saddest part of that one was what as he was dying he thought i did it hell yeah i succeeded and then it was like i guess after he came back from the mist that he realized he'd failed was that how it worked yeah yeah and he doesn't even know how long he was in the mist because when people when specters die they return to the mist and then they have to like fight their way back out which is not easy and he doesn't even know he said it could have been months could have been years but he gets out and he knows callista is still the same 
Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a bummer. I, I feel like the ending, it would have been much cooler if instead of Thresh kind of popping out <laughs> and being like, tee hee hee, you were so close, <laughs> I would have much preferred Callista kind of have like a moment of like fighting for consciousness so that we could see how close he mm. was and then the other voices kind of taking over so that we could actually see like oh he was actually pretty close because like having Thresh be like oh he was so close it's like doesn't mean I don't know what it means <laughs> that he was so close like yeah. it doesn't it loses a lot of meaning just having him say it I would yeah, love to I, see it yeah I completely agree well, you can just drop that detail it doesn't matter if he's close or not because the point is that he's failed anyway like I think you can just mm-hmm. have him throw the amulet away and you can still have Thresh come and take it and just just be savoring the tragedy of it all because he just loves to see people suffer, right? He doesn't need yeah. to be like, oh, he was actually really close. And that makes it, because it's supposed to be like, oh, that makes it even more tragic, but it kind of does the opposite where it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it was <laughs> could have just been a quiet moment, but but the rest of it's pretty good. I like, it's a really neat yeah. story to tell. And I, I love to, every time we see Thresh in stories and cinematics, he's kind of like this big bad. He's like this, this raid boss that like people are fighting against and doing everything they can to either escape or just barely scrape out of and i loved the visual of ledros just being like you're a little man yeah come on step up buddy you won't towers (laughs) over him apparently and he's not afraid of thresh it is cool to see someone interacting with thresh who's not above thresh like obviously viego wouldn't be afraid of him but he's just not fucking afraid of him he's just like you don't scare me and that's pretty cool yeah, Ledros yeah. is actually pretty pretty neat in general. I think, kind of like what you're saying, having a, this specter who is who is not just out and out evil, but is kind of acting with a a more specific goal. I'd be more interested to see more stories with him. Um, frankly. Yeah, yeah, me too. Or a champion. <laughs> he shows up in Ruined King. You gotta fight him. Oh, what you fight him? You fight him. But he's so nice. No, he'll he'll be back. He's <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot. Um, one of the things I, I liked about this story, too, is they actually do kind of tie some of her gameplay into the description of how she fights in here. Uh, they mentioned yeah. that like even as she threw her spear, she's moving on to her next enemy, which is very much like her, her auto-attacking and moving thing, which was pretty cool. Um, John, your next note. Yeah, I, I was. I, it was. It was another logistical question. That I'm just curious about. So Hecarim's force ride spectral horses, right? And yeah. Calista kills one of the spectral horses. Do they also have to fight their way out of the mist? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it's like for how horse they get back? <laughs> Is it like a separate animal like mist where there's all these like they gotta fight off gophers and shit? Gopher? I don't know. That explains why they make it back so easily, I guess. I mean horse probably pretty high in the the fighting like animal fight Mm, interesting. Ghost animal fights. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Like Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, frankly. We know Um, there's ghost sharks. I was gonna say they show up in the uh, realms of Runeterra story too, so who knows? Can a horse? A can, a, can a ghost think, shark beat a ghost horse? I think the shark would win. Get in the polls, folks. Who <laughs> <laughs> would win? Uh, Shit. Uh, what kind of shark is? It? Uh, I can't think of a good joke. Uh, uh, I did like this. This story. This whole story had like a very like cool time loop feel, which um, I feel like given this past year of games with like fucking. Returnal and you know Loop Loop Hero Outer Wilds uh, twelve, 12 minutes, minutes uh, yeah. just half half of the games half the games that came out this past year <laughs> yeah games it's very reminiscent of that we're just like mm-hmm. trying the same thing over and over again with slight variations like oh, maybe this is that nope uh, maybe I'll try this oh shit or Groundhog Day or Groundhog Day <laughs> sure I mean I think that those are always fun stories in my mind and I think it, like I said it's a neat way to try and tackle this story because you could have just had it be oh Ledros just goes out and Ghost tries to save Callista but really emphasizing how he's been doing this constantly and has been 
very Groundhog Day-esque, trying to just kill himself. It's like, okay, I, I, this makes me real sad. I can't save her, but I do just kind of want to die. <laughs> it just doesn't work. You know, it's um, it's a neat story to try and tell in, in Runeterra in general, I think. Yeah, I liked how Thresh and Ledros had a disagreement about what this eternal life was like, too. Because Thresh mm. is like, he's loving it. <laughs> he's like, yo, yeah. we we have eternal life. People want this so bad. Why are you such a little baby? (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious what Ledros goes off and does after this, because he kind of has a moment where he's like, Thresh is right. I'm literally the only person here torturing myself. Everyone else is tortured for different reasons, and I could be fine, and I'm not. So I'm going to stop trying to bring Callista back. Where does he go? Uh, He goes to a graveyard and then attacks the main characters of the room. (laughs) (laughs) He goes to Bilgewater. I'm pretty sure it's these people. He's still in the Shadow Isles. Oh, spoilers. Well, he says, he talks about wanting to end the curse, and he, I think the line is like on to oblivion, right? I think that's the specific text. Well, find something more fun to do. Teach yourself an instrument. Yeah, don't play oblivion, play Skyrim. Well, Please I thought it'd be interesting. Give me mail about which Elder Scrolls game is better. We all know Morrowind is the actual, you know, proper pick. But um, I think it'd be interesting to have him go and hang out with Aatrox because Aatrox wants to kind of destroy everything and end everything. And Ledros, I could see him getting to that point of seeing like that's the solution. If you know, I don't know how else to stop this curse. If we destroy reality or whatever, that'll be the end of it. Fuck it. I like this little pairing. <laughs> Come up with. Right, yeah. and then like Jinx just kind of joins in, like, yeah, all right, why not? Why not? <laughs> the one question I had, and there was just, I feel like there's too many places where I would have to look to find a good answer for this, and I just wasn't willing to do that this week. I'm curious <laughs> if Thresh does anything with the pendant because I know Thresh has several pendants in several different stories, including kind of the. Uh, I mean, the one from the Ruined King, the one he hides in Bilgewater, um, the one that Callista used to keep back the mist when, you know, she, she traveled there in the first place. I'm sure he's got, I'm sure he's somehow got that now too. Like, I'm curious if this in particular is a pendant that he uses again at any other point in his lore. Mm, that's a good, a good question. But it's also a good point that that guy's got a lot of fucking pendants. Yeah, way too <laughs> many. Got a lot no of jewelry. <laughs> yeah, he's just walking around just blinged out. <laughs> Drip thresh, man, let me tell you. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll that's why they call him the chain warden. Yeah. <laughs> All the pendants. <laughs> I would like if you clip the newest chains, it'd be like one of those charm bracelets, you know, that really <laughs> He's like, this is for my love of theater. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a microphone because we do karaoke every week. (laughs) Yes. Fuck yeah. I'm all about it. All right. Now she's also found in The Princeling's Lament by Graham McNeil, uh, which is basically a poem. And you can tell it's a poem. Because it rhymes. rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. Uh, Telling the story of the original ruination and then picking up with a new prince traveling to the island to save his dead wife. So uh, the prince's wife was poisoned, so he goes to the Shadow Isles hoping to revive her. There he encounters Hecarim, who promptly kills all his men, and Yorick, who helps him temporarily banish the mist. Uh, Yorick tells him the tale of how the Shadow Isles came to be, but then we find out the prince is actually the one who poisoned his wife to get her father's wealth wealth and (laughs) he came here to learn the secrets to immortality not revive her uh unfortunately for him his wife made a deal with Callista for vengeance so she straight up mercs him and then his soul's taken by thresh for infinite torment the end thin yay imagine that but rhyming (laughs) yeah I, i like it it's neat I think I'm sure we talked about this with Hagram, but it's a neat. Mm-hmm. It was a neat way to kind of tell the story of the Shadow Isles while still telling an interesting a little, story. yeah, new story. Um, that nice, nice sort of echoing of the, you know, what's happening. So yeah, and a, an effective form of Brahmitis, where you tell the same story. <laughs> Brahmitis. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she also shows up in the Shadow of War, which is Hecram's bio. Basically, I mean. We don't learn anything new here. It's just through Hecarim's point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also shows up in The Daring Darling, which is uh, one of the stories in the Realms of Runeterra book. And this and is by 
Laura uh, Michette or Miche, depending on how French it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I have a copy of this and I read it and she it's really just a cameo. She shows up in a, a scene and it, most of the time she is off screen. Um, there's another champion who I won't spoil who will be a lot more appropriate to go through this with. Uh, yeah. But um, for now, Calissa just kind of shows up a little bit at the end. The ritual shows up here again, which is uh, a little fun. But yeah, we get that three pin thing again. Hmm. Yeah. So that's it. And she shows up in a few cinematics. First one, obviously, her release cinematic, The Pledge, <laughs> uh, which definitely this version of her is very kind of avenging hero type, I guess, and less of like a spectral horror, kind of like we saw in the short story about her. Um, she seemed to have a lot more, uh, I guess, agency in this, mm. in her little mm. voiceover. But um, honestly, it was pretty cool. Uh, I liked it. It was, uh, you get to see one of the betrayers being hunted by her. It's always neat and then you yeah. guys it, it really sh- it's it's fun it definitely shows its age um i would love mm-hmm. to see calista get a new cinematic i thought i find it interesting how like like she's talking and her mouth doesn't move which i think is actually a cool enough like visual but th- i think the real reason is because they don't want to you know cause it's, it's harder <laughs> to like get voices synced up with like mouth animations and stuff so it's just easier to have the characters either not yeah. move their mouth or like be strategically not facing the camera when they say certain things you know yeah especially if it's localized into lots of languages yeah mm-hmm. exactly right so like it, for 2014 pretty fun um but you know it's 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 the the rest is starting to show a little bit on this one i guess is what i'd say now she's also in the rise cinematic is she in it or um so it depends <laughs> she is the spear of vengeance John. <laughs> and you do see a spear of vengeance <laughs> uh, her it has spear, vengeance carved on the side <laughs> uh, right at the beginning of the cinematic her spear is sticking out of some dude's back hmm. one oh, of the few weapons in that cinematic that's not just lying on the ground or sticking into the ground it's actually sticking out of someone <laughs> interesting hmm. now I have a few quotes from her here too uh basically just the ones that are also references to other pop culture stuff mm-hmm. uh, we had a name once and Callista yes that was our name it's a Gollum reference from Lord of the Rings those are Gollum quotes mm. what a fucking nerd uh, <laughs> and then we were talking a little earlier about that Graves quote give in to your hate Graves uh, might be referencing Palpatine's very close to give in to your anger. I'm going to count it. <laughs> and then, uh, you toy with powers you do not comprehend, Death Singer. Also very close to Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade quote. You're meddling with powers you can't possibly comprehend. Maybe. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know she could she could use some more lines. You know she, I like to, I'd like Calista to get a little love. I don't know. I think her design is just really cool, and I'd like to see her get a little bit more, more love. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's got she has a bunch of state specific quotes, and I think she may have been one of the first champions to get this. I think this was probably very shortly after that internal demo of what could be with Draven. Mm-hmm. Um, because she has a lot of things where like oh if you rescue a champion with your ult who's low on health it'll say specific quotes that won't pop up otherwise um and like shit like that that uh we didn't get from a lot of champions in that time period that was kind of that was a new thing she i don't know i don't know if she was the first one but she was for sure an early one for that yeah for sure i think she's just really well poised to be a a vehicle for that type of stuff you know she's got a lot of neat interactions like with her ult and just with the conceit of what she's doing right there's probably a lot more champions she could have quotes with um and interactions with so it'd be fun to see her get some more of those also like the whole idea of her being like you kind of said a hive mind of these different souls 
Um, I wish that was something that kind of showed up more in the uh, in the stories and in the and in her her VO as well. You know. Yeah. Sorry, our Roomba started going upstairs again randomly. <laughs> it took okay, us a yeah, second like, to realize oh no, what the fuck that me? sound was. Should I shut <laughs> no, I can hear you fine. I'm so sorry. I no, thought it was John's good. computer at first, I and I was like, God too. damn, is it okay? But Man, no, the Roomba will come. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I I don't have a lot of AU stuff to go over because she does not have a lot of skins, and half of them are you know world skin so they don't have lore attached so uh, anyone have any kind of canon things uh left for Callista before we move on to her two AUs <laughs> I don't think so I think we kind of covered it I want to see her pair up with Alistar or not pair up per se but I think <laughs> when I was reading through like the description of her getting betrayed and stuff it reminded me of way back in Alistar where he kind of went through something similar right he went to go deal and it turned into a bloodbath so yeah. if I was in this Alistair fan fiction in my head, I would love to have him be tempted to uh, invoke Callista, right? Mm, that but, would be fun. And then maybe he changes his mind or something. Something like that, you know, kind of playing around with that alongside the sort of rage that's supposed to kind of overtake him, you know? Um, yeah. I think those two could kind of, you know, work in tandem. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they'll ever change Callista, but no. I think it would be cool if they... I don't know. Ever did big a, did ugh, ever did do a big character jump like that? Seeing Callista like not go back to herself, but to kind of be in between, where she's more lucid, but still very much on board with this is my life now and this is what I want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. I think I said that at the start where it's it's hard because I think I like both potential interpretations of the character. Mm-hmm. Like just having this invocable spirit of vengeance that you do this cool, you know, ritual for and it's just like this unending sort of drive to like meet out vengeance and all costs. That's a lot of fun, you know, ghost yeah. punisher type. Like that's cool. <laughs> um but she's got a cool enough sort of I like her backstory a lot too. And um getting some of those moments where you see like they make reference to like people seeing I think in the uh, the, the shield wife for example like after they're bonded for a moment she sees like the yeah. leader that Callista used to be and how mm-hmm. glorious she looks and it'd be really cool to kind of try and get some of that character back and it's kind of hard to have you don't want have one a skin for that yet mm, yeah that right cool. that would be yeah I, I'm surprised she has so few skins. I guess it's I know. it's a weird silhouette to work with, but still, you know. I think, I, I don't know, I, sh- I would think she was fairly popular, but maybe that's it, though. I know, yeah. like, Riot has talked about how people don't like monstery champions quite as much. Like, they don't sell as much, and their skins don't sell as much, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. But it's a bummer. Hmm. Anyway, what are her two AUs? <laughs> she is part of, first, Blood Moon. An ancient cult seeking irresistible power surfaces on Knights of the Blood Moon to perform profane esoteric rites, merging their flesh with demonic spirits and becoming one with an ever greater darkness. Uh, Fun fact about this AU, uh, the writer Carnival Knight has weighed in that the Blood Moon, who is actually a sentient being, um, is one of the most powerful beings in the multiverse, Mm. perhaps just behind the Dark Star. Interesting. I didn't realize that the Blood Moon was a sentient being. That's very, um, <laughs> it's like very bloodborne, is the way yeah. it, I, I think about it. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, just learned that too. Uh, and this one is Blood Moon Callista. Now, you might not recognize this lore, so this is oh, for God. Callista. <laughs> a demon of vengeance summoned on the night of the Blood Moon. Callista's singular obsession with betrayers knows no limits. Any deception, no matter how trivial, will be met with death. Her victims are left hanging from the walls of their homes. A warning to those who remain. Oh, they got really lazy with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, she's got so many skins, you know. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep up. Uh, and she's also part of Marauders vs. Wardens, which is uh, set in an alternate rune terror where each champion is a warrior fighting on the Summoner's Rift. Oh, yeah. I forgot that Marauders and Wardens is... They're on <laughs> Summoner's Rift. <laughs> God damn it. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, now, this one is Marauder Callista. The Mage Lords, furious, brutal, and glorious in their conquest. A sect of warriors long lost to the sands of time. Until now, 
Resurrected by the current Marauder leaders, Callista's desire for vengeance has only festered over the millennia. Now she returns, more powerful than ever, to eradicate the Wardens and everything they've built. Mm. So again with the vengeance, huh? Yeah, yeah, she got more (laughs) vengeance. (laughs) All right. Why can't she be the spear of forgiveness in any of these (laughs) AUs? Honestly, I think you know you could have a lot of fun with Callista. I would, I really would like her to get a a lighter skin. I don't know what that would be per se, but I don't know. Play with how severe she is. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. These two skins have like, um, like they have the same exact color scheme. Like they're yeah. not all that yeah. different when you look at them. I'm sure in game they probably look pretty similar, to be honest. Yeah, Just that that metallic red. Yeah. It's yeah, it's real. It's kind of a shame. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And here are some fun facts about Callista. Hell yeah. A bunch of them we've actually already uh, gone over. But uh, (laughs) so we talked about uh, the (laughs) one of the short stories she was in. So a thing about Callista, Vladimir was soul marked by Callista at one point. Uh, but he was able to banish her with the help of a magical artifact Ooh. before uh, being taken. That's so. fun. The idea that someone could actually stop her is yeah. interesting because she seems pretty unstoppable as of right now. Yeah. yeah, so Vladimir found a way to do it. Mm. Uh, Vladimir also has relations to that whole thing being, you know, part of uh, also a, a relation to Viego. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I forgot. <laughs> forgot about that god damn hmm. yeah uh and this was i think confirmed by a, a red post somewhere but not necessarily in any stories but uh callista occasionally comes after tom kench as well but he has found safety from her due to the contracts he makes with the victims i guess proving that there's no <laughs> technical betrayal in play <laughs> oh god <laughs> they're like got their lawyers there it's like oh, you can clearly was... see subsection c oh my god i like really like calista is bound by like legalities <laughs> she pulls out her reading glasses like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hang on. let me take a look at that <laughs> the little, the little ghost that she sends out on her w or like her her interns <laughs> okay oh, uh, lawyer calista all right oh i like this okay hmm uh A fully stacked rend has the highest AD ratio in the game. Disgusting. At uh, 8,915% AD boost. Damn, son. Uh, Her dance is a reference to uh, Oberyn Martell's spear dance from Game of Thrones. I would not recognize that. Yeah, I really wouldn't either, and I like Game of Thrones, but, you know. (laughs) Uh... Callista's champion spotlight was the first one to feature the updated Summoner's Rift map. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Damn, she's that old, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Almost predated. <laughs> really dating yourself, man. Yeah. Yeah. The mm. quote, new Summoner's Rift map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Black Spear is the third champion unique item in the game, the first being Prototype Hexcore, which was Victor's unique item. And the second being Bone Tooth Necklace, which uh, was Rengar's unique item before it merged with his Unseen Predator ability. Used hmm. to take up an item slot. Yeah, I guess yeah. I... Yeah. I like her spear a lot. I think that's a really cool, you know, gameplay and lore kind of tie-in type thing. It's, it's really mm-hmm. neat that it actually happens in-game and then even plays, like, the death animation and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. All right. We good? Oh, she's voiced by Misty Lee. Oh, ah, thank you. Yeah. All yeah. right. I think that's Callista. That's Callista. That's Callista. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. We are on Twitter at Loreheads, and we post these on YouTube if you ever want to chat there. We also have a Discord, which will be linked in the description of this episode. All right. Uh, and be sure to join us next week because we're going a very different direction and talking about the enlightened one, Karma. Hmm. Hmm. Back to the ruination. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. God damn it. At every fucking turn. Uh,